So if I ask you what is an area or direction of research you think is very promising, but maybe the community seems to disagree or doesn't get much attention? Yeah, um, I, um, I see a lot of people in the yeah. soft robotics community who are, um, who are using, uh, who are trying to control soft robots. And I, I, a lot of my, my close friends are working in, in this, uh, this field. And I understand it, right? Because they have some amazing, um, they have some amazing results and they can really start to, to control them accurately. Um, but this comes at some consequences, right? Because we all know that if you want to control robots, um, you want to have highly uh, nonlinear characteristics. You want to have nonlinear input-output relationships of your uh, actuators. You want to have nonlinear input-output um, mm -hmm. uh, relationship for your sensors, and then you can combine them together with the control. And this is perfect from a robotics point of view. Now, the question that I'm always telling myself is, um, do we need it? Right, because everybody knows that okay, soft robotics they are compliant, compliant. So, do we really need to have uh, this control if we want to grasp something? Is that, is that really necessary, or is that something that is just a research topic? Um, and um, I am fully aware that for some people, this um, this answer will be yes, we need it absolutely, and this is the direction where soft robotics should go to. Um, and then maybe stubborn as I am, uh, I'm saying, no, let's just try to do everything without control. Let's see, can we make robots without control? That would be nice, right? Just a robot doesn't need to have a controller, it just lives, for instance, to a very early life on Earth, right? Because if you look at these, these bacteria, there was not, I don't think there's like really like an input-output control, they're just doing something and then through evolution they're getting better and better and better um, and I'm there it's been known that some of these organisms don't even have a certain uh, cognitive abilities right they don't have a nervous system so everything needs to come from somewhere else and that's like the kind of robot that I want to make uh, I think that's like a direction uh, let's try to not have control let's try to make robots without control and see how far can we go there um, and this is just an interesting point of view. I'm not saying that everybody should do it, but at least some people should try to do these things just to see, can we do something completely different and have some intelligence being uh, that is localized in our system itself. There is no computer there. There's even not a microfluidic chip, but just let's get everything in the nonlinearities and just see how far can we go with that one. And nature told us that you don't have to be intelligent to be hugely, uh, highly successful. Right? And that's the thing, maybe not every robot needs to be intelligent. We can also have very stupid robots that can still be very successful. I think this point is really brilliant, but when I, I want to thank you for this point, because uh, first of all, we ask this question, and I'm, I'm also uh, I'm biased a little bit in your opinion, because I think you're right. Maybe I know some people disagree, but sometimes the control even approach destroys the natural dynamic, and that's based on my expertise in smart materials. So destroy the natural dynamics. And that's that's maybe uh, a point to be added here. But I'm curious to ask you, why why do you think the, the other opinion that they won't use the control? What's the point behind using a control of robotic? What's the purpose behind using it in the first class? I think to, to my feeling, it's um, because people are so used and the field of conventional robotics has been so successful that people just think, let's use everything they have and let's just try to implement it on the field of soft robotics. 
And that is a very good strategy, right? Because you know that something works, why not try to replicate it on a different domain, right? And for a lot of things, this, this, this works. And this is also what you're seeing, for instance, if people want to use machine learning, now machine learning is every, everywhere. And the same thing happens with control, right? And we have a lot of uh, ways to, to control conventional robotics, and now people are trying to use the same frameworks on soft robotics. But the question is, can we really do that? Because the hardware is so vastly different. Is this really a good thing uh, to do or is it something just that is um, from a research point of view the, the way to go um, and really honestly I cannot um, tell you what the answer is there right because I'm also seeing that um, for some application probably you will need control I'm fully aware of that uh, but I'm also seeing that um, without control we can do pretty amazing stuff actually it's um, just um, if you, for instance, look, and that's the, the example again of like the, the Venus flytrap. Okay, it's able to snap and catch flies. And these flies, they are, if you just look at it, they are more intelligent than the plants, right? Mm. So, and this is like directly a consequence that, okay, even if you don't have intelligence, you can, you can outsmart some intelligent people, uh, some intelligent organisms. Um, so, yeah, and so I think that's also why I'm not really interested in um, in having control schemes for my actuator or for my robots. Um, let's just try to do it without control or with the least amount of, of control and just see how far can we get there. And then also, I would love to see these two domains merge together because probably we cannot go completely without control, right? There should be like a gray zone in the middle like you also have a gray zone between hard robots and soft robots there should also be a gray zone between let's call it software intelligence and hardware intelligence where actually the the, the terminology is flipped upside down um and i just see where there where we can just meet again um each, each other again but yeah i think i will tackle it from the the, the hardware intelligence point of view and it just yeah it's good that we we have people working on the software intelligence of of soft robots, uh, but I'm working on the, the hardware intelligence of soft robots. Yeah, I think that's, uh, again, that's a very good point because I think we had the first uh, soft robotics debate since uh, two months ago about uh, control scheme vs morphology computation and what could be the most important morphological parameter that could enhance the control design or we have to look for completely new approaches. And now you suggested something I think uh, very interesting and we have to look for, but I think, I think maybe, I don't know if you agree about that, I think you think differently because if every, uh, of course, uh, how to say that? I think there is bias in techniques. You have to do that because this is really uh, publishable as well and have been done. So you have to replicate. And I think if I, you come across that someone think differently and you don't want to go with the flow. I think that's the issue. I don't know if you agree with that because I think sometimes there's maybe some researchers afraid to take a risk to propose completely new ideas out of the stream. And I don't know if you think this is a problem for, for yeah, your, this yeah, question. Yeah, it certainly is, right? Because it's hard to, to publish um, very wild LDs because people are always, people then tend to, this is just garbage. This is not good because it's yeah. so, so beyond our comfort zone. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's also uh, like, I 
what happened to me on the, the first uh, software body conferences is in the sense that I, I went there with just some regular balloons that I showed you can go from one input to multiple outputs and actually there was not a lot of uh, enthusiasm, right? I, I think I didn't even score a, um, uh, the presentation with that picture and I thought it was really interesting and now, okay, I just like maybe that's like too stubborn for me. And I really thought that, okay, this is, this is interesting. And then all of a sudden you can see that you can have some people who are believing in you and really want to collaborate, collaborate yeah. on these things. And then you can see that even you can go to journals that are very fundamental journals, just because you are, are really having an edge on other people because you're not really just making another controller. No, you're really tackling fundamentals of robotics. Um, so I'm, and in that sense, it's, it's pretty great. And I, I accept skepticism right? Because that's what's needed. That's why we are good scientists and we need to prove ourselves that our technology is worthwhile. Um, so and I think, I, I hope, I, and I'm, I'm uh, enjoying that, that people are now really into the getting to know the, the nonlinear field and really want to go beyond traditional control in software bodies, but really are also looking um, towards these nonlinearities. And also there, there have been a lot of interesting papers there who use, for instance, origami uh, to create nonlinearities. And there are some research groups out there who are really doing tremendous work in these uh, yeah, nonlinearities uh, combined with soft robotics. I think that's really tricky point. And at the same time, it's very important what you mentioned about first soft robotics uh, conference. I was there at the time. But uh, you, I think you are right because sometimes if you have a completely new idea, wild idea, people will be skeptical and sometimes they don't grab the idea behind what you're doing. And I think that's a tricky point because I, I had discussion with Professor Maja and she said that she had also a new idea and wasn't able to convince the community in human-computer interaction until she became a tenured professor. And that was for young researchers sometimes challenging if you have a new idea that you propose something completely different. I don't know for you, because I, I think you may, maybe if you have suggestion for that, how we can ensure if a young researcher have a completely new idea and it forced to be investigating and listening and, and pay attention for it, because I think it's still in the community, we go on the stream of traditional control and it's still there are a lot of researchers using uh, this approach. So I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to, to, to give concrete uh, advice because to my feeling, it's always good to have a certain level of stubbornness, right? If you think by yourself, okay, this is a good idea, just go for it, right? Um, maybe don't do this only, but just every uh, Friday afternoon, just uh, only do this research and leave your own research just, just to be, and just see how, how well can you uh, advance it. And then find like-minded persons. I think that that's really important. And there are very crazy scientists out there um, who really are always looking forward to do very innovative things and who really can see beyond uh, boundaries of, of domains. And I think that's, that's very important just to reach out to these people with your ideas. Um, and I think that's something that we should all learn in the scientific community is that now we are very scared to discuss initial ideas with each other because we're always afraid that we are being scooped and that, our, that somebody else will steal our ideas and make a paper out of it or make a career out of it. And I think that's completely wrong because we are always thinking in the sense of us against somebody else. And in fact, it's more us against the unknown things in the world. And we all want to just uh, create more knowledge 
and to create more knowledge we need to cooperate more so i think if you have these crazy ideas just yeah. shoot uh, emails to people and just ask them hey i have this crazy id would you like to collaborate with me on, on this and just see where where it goes from that point the world and your life is way too short to just uh, start to do it on your island just try to get people with other expertises involved and really try to 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 push it in, in, in that way and even if your pi is maybe not interested that can be because maybe it's just outside of his scope okay then um, it's your point also just to try to convince them and see, hey, I talked to it with this and this and this guy, and they are really interested and we can think we can make something work. And if in the end it gets to a journal paper or a conference paper, he will like it, right? But also there, don't be too stubborn. If at some point you can see, okay, this is maybe only me who can see it in there. I've touched it with, uh, with a lot of other people and really this is just not going somewhere. Just try to uh, see for a different path. But still, the knowledge gained is also very valuable. Yeah, I think that's also an excellent point again, because I think that also we discussed in the podcast about uh, the competition. And you mentioned something that you are afraid to be scooped. And let's be realistic in that case, because we know there's a competition between groups. And sometimes, yeah, what you said, is, I'm a big advocate for that. But what happened in reality, there's just a few competition between some groups I, uh, in, in, in software robotics and robotics and other academic uh, world as well. They have the competition because there's few funds, few grants, and you have to publish. So it's, I think it's a very complicated issue. I, I, I don't know if you agree about that, but yeah, I think that's, that's it is. I think we all know this feeling, or if maybe for the, the, the young research out there, uh, I hope that it doesn't uh, happen to you, but it all happens to, to people who are in a more senior in the sense that you're working for a project for months, maybe even years, and all of a sudden, this paper is being published that does exactly what you do, right? And this is the most devastating feeling uh, in the world. And yeah, okay, two conclusions from that thing. First, your idea is good. You had a good idea, so you're on the right track. So if somebody else publishing your thing, okay, too bad, but at least you're looking and you're trying to answer the right questions, right? So yeah. that that's already a very good uh, thing. And now secondly, okay, how do you cope with that, right? Because um, you don't. Nobody wants to be scooped. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a very avid believer that um, although there is a, a high uh, competitiveness in science, um, people are also very willing to collaborate uh, with each other. And I think that's very now. It's a very rough time to really start up new collaborations. But that's why conferences are so important, and just that you really start to. To, to network with people um, and I think at that point it really should be more on what are the grand projects that we can uh, tackle together and I hope that people are not as selfish to steal other people's ID but at least just start and set up more collaborations and in the end who cares if there's like one or two more authors on your paper at least you have the paper out 